It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, and um, lots going on, lots of trades going down, big NBA draft last night, but a man who probably could have played in the NBA if he had gone that route, the man could have hooped back in the day. In fact, he was on a he was on a, a, a roving uh, basketball team that uh, that they used to play a lot of games uh, across the country and across Texas. It is the great Drew Pearson joining the Matt Mosley Show. <laughs> Drew, appreciate you being on. Yeah, you got it, Matt. Good talking with you. Been a while. Yeah, I would say so. And uh, boy, coming up next uh, it, next weekend, I cannot believe it's here, Drew. Um, the, uh, you will finally, and of course it, it, uh, should have happened a long time ago, but now that it's happening, it's so exciting to be inducted into that pro football, uh, hall of fame. Drew, how, how many times, uh, have you practiced your speech? Have you, uh, have you, do you, do you have it down pat? How do you feel about it? Will there be any last minute additions? Uh, no, actually, uh, I sent my final draft. Of the speech uh, to the hall today. Uh, I presented them the initial draft. They said it was too long, uh, so I had to clean <laughs> it up. And uh, we only get, you know, they're saying six to eight minutes to deliver our, pre- our acceptance. Uh, so we got to tighten it up, and it's hard to uh, do that, you know, with so many people on a journey. That you're, you're 70 years old. There's a lot of people on that journey uh, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, along with you, so uh, to do it justice in an accept an acceptance speech, you know, you wish you could mention everybody and be, and uh, explain that journey. But since we don't, we're limited in time. We just got to condense it, and and I'm going to concentrate mainly on uh, what got me to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and that Dallas Cowboys, and being part of the NFL, and then uh, concentrate on my family, and, and it's time to go. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, you know you're a great uh, speaker, so th- you know all the energy will be there. And uh, Drew, if oh, you yeah. decide oh, to yeah. go a little over time, uh, I you know I I think I think they'll be okay with it. I mean, people are going to be so. Uh, but but Drew, what do you think it's going to be like with um, you know Cowboys fans love to flock to Canton and and. I mean, with with Cliff and and uh, Jimmy and you and I mean this this weekend obviously because of the pandemic it's going to include so many more. I mean, how how cool is that to uh, uh, you know to be going in at such a time? And I, I would and, and how many Cowboys fans are you expecting? Do you think you'll have a uh, I, I, I you know there'll be some booze because uh, because everybody loves to hate the Cowboys, but. Uh, I would imagine, uh, Drew, there's going to be a huge showing from Cowboys fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cowboys fans uh, will be there. You know, got three Cowboys going in uh, uh, that weekend. So, uh, Derry's got a big tailgate party going on on that Saturday before the uh, uh, Centennial Class Induction, 2020 Class Induction, and the Modern Day 2020 Class Induction. Uh, so, they'll be there for that. And, plus, they got the Cowboy and the Steeler. Uh, Hall of Fame game on Thursday night, so a lot of Cowboy fans will be in town for that. But the thing is, we got to still have a, a job to do to outdo the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. 
okay? Canton, Ohio's, <laughs> you know, a short drive from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's playing in the Hall of Fame game. Pittsburgh got a few Hall of Famers going in that weekend. So we got to try to outdo the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and maybe that will help make up for losing two Super Bowls to those guys. <laughs> you know, y- y- your attitude, and I know you hated losing as much as anybody, but I, I, the, you bring up some of those Super Bowls in the '70s, and that'll still put Roger in the tank. Um, you know, he he, he just his, his dauber gets down, all of that. But you're right. The uh, I in and Drew, do those feelings when you get around some of those Steelers fans and even some of those old Steelers players, do you and Roger the, 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 does the blood does the blood begin to boil a little bit, or has time healed some of those wounds? No, you know, when you get around uh, Steeler fans or any other fans, you know, you just enjoy that and take that as good-natured and have fun with it. Uh, you don't take that stuff seriously. But when you get around the other guys that you played against, man, it's nothing but respect. You know, I've been around these guys, you know, Franco and these other Hall of Famers, and we sit and talk, you know. We talk about the games we played. We talk about the respect that we have for each other and the things that we did during the time that we did it. So it, it's just... You know, when you get against other NFL players, it's like a fraternity, all right? You know what they went through to get to where they are because you know what you went through to get to where you are. So it's like a fraternity. And so when you're around the other other players, uh, it's just a, a sign of respect. And, you know, around here in Dallas, we got a lot of former players from all other teams, including, uh, 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 you know, the NFL teams, but also – the uh, NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, NHL. For some reason, whether you play here in this area or not, players stay here. Charles Hadley played in how many teams? You know, he won five Super Bowls and played with two teams. He stays here. Deion Sanders played all over the world. He stays here. You know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of other players stay in this market because it's a great opportunity in a lot of ways. Uh, so they they matriculate here. Uh, so. What that means, we run into each other quite a bit. And then when we do run into each other, the respect is there, you know. And uh, you, you, don't, you wouldn't think certain guys would follow you and understand your career, especially if they didn't play your sport. But when you talk to those guys, they know what you did. And then guess what? You know what they did uh, to be recognized and to uh, have the success they had in their particular sports. Talking to the legendary Drew Pearson on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Drew, I would think when you get to Canton, uh, and even in your speech, uh, you can't help but uh, bring up Tom Landry and the role he had uh, in your life and a lot of your teammates' lives. What do you um, What do you remember about your first your first interactions with Coach Landry and did um, did you ever get to the point, like even after your playing career, where where you felt like you were friends with Coach Landry, or did you always feel more like a a player coach type relationship? Where, where where how did your relationship with him evolve over the years? Uh, the whole time that I played for Coach Landry, he was the coach. I was the player. All right, that's how it worked. All right, I respected him. He told me what to do and told me how to do it. And I went and did it. And if I didn't do it, they'll get somebody else to do it. You know, it was all business for Coach Landry. And uh, we didn't have much – we didn't have, he didn't have time to mess around. And 
you know, guess what? We didn't have time to mess around as well. So uh, that respect uh, was there. You know, respect is earned. And uh, because of what he did and how he approached things and uh, the success that he had, he had earned our respect. So whatever he told us to do, we were willing to do. And that evolved into a thing in life after football where the respect was still there. You know, you were always glad to be around Coach Landry, but you never felt you were on the same level as him. I never called Coach Landry Tom Landry. I never called him Tom, you know. The whole time I was been around Coach Landry, I never said Tom. I always called him Coach Landry, Coach Landry. I never called him Mr. Landry. I never called him Tom. I said Coach Landry because that's respect that I had for him. And the thing about it is, if I'm going to be a great football player with the system that he had, it gave me a chance to, to succeed because it didn't just depend on talent. It depended on character, intelligence, passion, stuff like that. So with that, it gave me a chance to succeed. But not only that, man, he taught me how to be a professional, how to carry yourself. You know, when we went to games, we wore suit and tie. We dressed up. We carried briefcases. Uh, we carried computer printouts and all that kind of stuff. You know, he you know, he taught us how to be a professional. Not only that, he taught us how to prepare for life after football. When I got out of football, all my business acumen that I learned of being around those Dallas Cowboys for eleven years as a player and one year as a coach. And so that's what I parlayed into my life after football and selling uh headwear for Drew Pearson marketing for twenty three years. And thank God, Matt, in doing that I made a lot more money than I did playing 11 years Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I've, I've brought it up with you before. Uh, people are shocked that uh, NFL players used to have jobs in the off season. I would imagine you finally got your contract where you needed it, maybe in the early eighties. But uh, I mean, there, there was a time I, I forget drew. You can remind me which department, you were in, but I mean, you worked at a sporting goods store. Um, I know Harvey Martin did too uh, in the uh, in the in the off season. And that, I mean, was that like early in your career, or was that almost throughout your career? No, that was the first year uh, my career. I caught two touchdowns in a playoff game in January against the Los Angeles Rams in a championship game. Uh, uh, no, excuse me, that was the first round of the playoff game, and then we played the. Uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings in the championship game. And a week later, I went home to visit for a couple of days. And a week later, I was working. I mean, Harvey Martin, myself, and Billy Joe Dupree, we went to Coleman Borum Sporting Club Stores, which is owned by the Zales Corporation, <laughs> and asked for a job. Uh, I needed money. I made $14,500 in those uh, six months uh, uh, through the football season, five months, whatever it was, including uh, uh, I used to look for the per diem. When we used to take road trips, I used to look for the per diem. It was only seven, eight bucks, and I wanted that seven, eight bucks. But yeah, we we worked every off season. I worked every off season. I played in the NFL. Uh, I won't. I wasn't the only one. All of us worked. Robert Newhouse. He went to college during, uh, while he was with the Cowboys. He went to the University of Dallas to get his master's in uh, mathematics and stuff like that. He worked at the Bells Bombing. During his uh, time with the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, of course you know Roger Staubach being involved in the real estate business. You know, while he was playing, that's how he got his start with Henry S. Miller, and now and then he parlayed that into his own business and success he had. 
But uh, we all did this kind of things uh, 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 while we played. Uh, but, you know, we knew the money we were making wasn't going to be enough to live off for the rest of our lives. So uh, what the value for us in our lives after football was the success that we had on the field, the consistency of the success, uh, uh, becoming America's team, 11 years uh, playing in the playoffs, 10 of those 11 years, never having a losing season, being part of Coach Landy's, what, 20 consecutive winning seasons or so, uh, seven NFC championship games, three Super Bowls, winning one Super Bowl. Uh, that success is uh, is uh, what people want to associate with. So now when we ter- use that in our business life, it works. Get your doors open. And I had to try to do business with the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, NASCAR, colleges and universities. They recognized the name Drew Pearson. And that got us in the door to get the opportunity to hopefully uh, get some business and do some business. And on a retail level, Walmart, Kmart, Foot Locker, all those stores, we got in the door. We didn't always come away with the business or what we wanted, but we always got in the door. And, and a lot of that is because the recognition you got from being a Dallas Cowboy, and that's the value. Roger turned that, yeah. Starbuck turned that value into real estate. Leroy Jordan, Chuck Halley, everybody did that, you know, in their lives after football uh, because we weren't making enough money like these guys were making. Have you noticed that Jerry tries to use that negotiations that, hey, the, the being a Dallas Cowboy, um, you know, you, you have a chance to, to have all these incredible opportunities after you're finished. And I don't know if it works, maybe quite like it worked uh, back in the day. But uh, I, I, obviously, you and Roger, and by the way, it helps in addition to having that uh, name, you and Roger had great business acumen and, and – uh, and y'all did an incredible job. Let me ask you last thing, Drew. Does uh, the, the latest '88? You are the original '88. Then Michael, uh, then Dez, C.D. Lamb is turning heads like crazy in training camp, and apparently just putting on a show every day. Do you um, uh, do you have a feeling for uh, do you do you you know you you saw, you saw him in college, and you've been hearing more and more about him. Uh, do you think uh, do you have a good feeling about him living up to that uh, to that eighty eight number? Oh, absolutely. He's right. On, he's right. On, he's on the right path. He had a great rookie season. Uh, he made some tremendous plays. Uh, his rookie uh, season he made some tremendous catches. Uh, catches I would like to have on my highlight reel. And if I had him on, <laughs> I might have gotten the Hall of Fame a little sooner. <laughs> some of the plays that he made, but now. You know, uh, a lot of people are familiar with him, not just uh, just his team and his teammates and Dak Prescott and the coaching staff and the offense and what they can do with him and extend his abilities a a little further so that he can advance to the next level. But also, you know, defensive coordinators have been having all offseason to look at CD. You know, they cut up the tape. They see every route that he's run, every time he's in and out of huddle mannerisms and all this kind of stuff. So they're going to know him better than he almost knows himself. So the question is, what is he going to do? You know, he's got to step up his game to deal with that. You know, you know, all the great receivers that have played in the NFL, certainly don't you know, after their first year or so, they get double covered for the rest of their career. Jerry Rice, don't you think that double covered all his life, you know, but he still turned out to be the greatest receiver of all time because he made adjustments along the way 
as the defense made adjustments. So hopefully CD can do that, and hopefully the Cowboys give him the opportunity to do that by putting him in the right position, you know, to continue to have success. But he has all the ability in the world uh, uh, to do it. He's not like me. He's not like Michael. He's not even like Dez as far as structure and stature. Uh, I, I consider him more like Bob Hayes, a speedy guy who, if you give him a short pass, he can turn it into a, a long touchdown, a quick touchdown, something like that. Uh, so hopefully his durability is there. Uh, other than that, I have no problem with CD. I think he's going to advance and have a great second year. And I'm glad to hear that he's showing out at training camp. You know, that means he's working. That means he uh, understands what he's got to do. So uh, I'm glad to hear that. He's got to live up to a lot with the double ace, but he's on the right path. And uh, I'm proud that he's wearing that number. There's no question about that. Do you, by the way, do you remember who was wearing 88 before you, and 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 how did you how did you choose that number? Yeah, it was available because the year before uh, Ron Sellers was wearing it. He had number 88, and uh, he actually caught a touchdown in that playoff game against San Francisco uh, when Roger and everybody was rolling on on the turf after coming back to win that game, but they traded Ron Sellers that offseason to the Miami Dolphins for Otto Stowe, and that's why 88 was available. And when you came into the league, if you made a roster as a wide receiver, you had to have a number in the 80s. And so Billy Joe was there. He was first-round draft pick, so he had first choice. Uh, Otto Stowe took 82. Uh, Mike Montgomery was there. Since he was a running back, he kept number 27. He moved into wide receiver. And then uh, Billy Joe had 89. Dean Fugit had 84. Golden Richards was second round. He took 83. Uh, so there wasn't much available just for me to select after I made the team. The number they gave me, and I wore through most of training camp and preseason exhibition games, believe it or not, Matt, was number 13. Number 13. You know, <laughs> when, they give it, when you get – when you get uh, – uh, handed the number 13. That, that tells you something. They might not have much confidence in you, okay? <laughs> they give you number 13. I look at that. I told Harvey, I said, oh, no. I'm about to get cut. You know, they gave you number 13. But I wore that all the preseason. And then when I made the team, I had a choice. And I didn't want to go 85. I didn't want to go 81. Uh, uh, you know, so 88 sounded best, so I took 88. <laughs> That's what I and then after I retired, I called him. Myself, the original number eighty-eight. You know, I'm a marketing <laughs> guy, and, and it just took off. You know, and everybody, including Jerry, yeah, hey, you're the original eighty-eight, yeah. man. You know, it's all good. Well, uh, it uh, it's been an amazing run, and uh, we're so excited for you. And uh, Drew, thank you very much for doing this, and uh, cannot wait to watch the speech and celebrate you. Thank you, sir. Anytime, Matt. You're the man. Appreciate you. Be safe. All right. Central Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there he goes. Hut, hut, as he.